Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the McFarland Spartans, and the Deerfield Demons. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover Poinat, Lodi, Wanakee, and DeForest. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have Sun Prairie East and West, Marshall, and Waterloo. Sadly, no uh, no video today. You know, it's, it's video, and it's just tough because... I showed just, up in a three-piece suit. Yeah, no, yeah. I've got my shirt off, all uh Burt Kreischer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, hilarious comedian as well, too, might I add. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just... I think the moral of the story this week has just been... Uh, technology has not been my biggest friend this Mm-mm. week. Because mm. uh, t- oh. today, I am hoping that I don't do a repeat of Tuesday where I forget my camera battery in the office oh i did that i did that a couple weeks ago oh i yeah. was you know gonna be superman this week because <laughs> i covered cambridge boys golf earlier in the day at delbrook mm-hmm. now i was like and it was funny because i was literally on the drive to delbrook and i was like it'd be funny if i forgot something because it i would be able to go back get it still go back out and they'd be on like hole six or something like that because it's high school golf mm-hmm. and it's gonna take a little bit of time to get done i got that done and then I went up to Sun Prairie, and I was like, you want to know what? My camera doesn't need it, but I'm just going to recharge it back up all the way. Left. Went to go cover Marshall. And I was like, I'm going to cover Marshall versus Cambridge, because I haven't been able to cover Cambridge a whole lot just because everything's been postponed due to rain. And I was like, yeah. and then on top of that, I'm going to hit up Deerfield as well, too, since Marshall and Deerfield are literally next-door neighbors. I walk to Marshall. They are literally starting the game. I flip on said camera. And I knew it as soon as the stuff still stayed black. And I was like, yes. I have oh. the battery at the Sun Prairie office, don't I? Pop it open, no nope. battery in there. I've never been more heated, like having to yeah. walk to my car ever. Because it was oh. a 20-minute drive back. That, yeah. Yep. Had to go get And also, too, traffic was just brutal. Yep. I was trying to, like, go a little bit faster. Got caught behind a slow-moving vehicle. Tried making a pass. <laughs> couldn't make the pass. And then I had to wait for, like, 10 cars to pass me. <laughs> Bucking Honeys was very packed, so like the parking space, you know, trying to find a spot close to the office was mm-hmm. tough. Got back to Marshall though, and it was like fourth inning or so. Was able to get some photos and stuff, right? And I was like, all right, I think I still have enough time to make it. To and by that field. point, the game was over yeah. too. <laughs> I got my photos, yeah, because they That's, put up they put up seventeen in the first time. two, oh. and yeah. so I was able to grab some photos. Though. That was the big thing. I was like, perfect, got my photos. Now I'm gonna go to Deerfield. Because I wanted to cover Deerfield Soft. Because literally it's next door. I'm like, I think I have a chance to make it. As I am pulling into the Deerfield parking lot, it's never a good sign when you see two umpires walking to their <laughs> car. And when I strode up, I was like, and the game's over with. Yeah. And the reason why I got done so fast is because uh, Deerfield, Addison <laughs> Klein threw another very solid game. Addison mm. Klein mows him up, mows him down. Get, mm-hmm. You know, quick effort, 11 <laughs> strikeouts, only allowed a couple hits. When you have a game like that, boys, it goes by pretty fast. Yes, so yep. I was just like, I, <laughs> I had to chalk up Tuesday as an L. I was like, sorry, all the friendly folk of Deerfield. I I, I had a blunder that one, but I was <laughs> yeah. very furious. I was just like, what a terrible day. So hopefully tonight when I'm at McFarland track and then also McFarland softball, hopefully something like that doesn't happen again. So, yeah, that was a... <laughs> That was a brutal Tuesday. But now it's Thursday, and we're excited because a bunch of stuff's been happening, though, recently. With nice a, weather. It's beautiful weather. Oh, yeah. Not too hot, not That's too cold. That's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Ryan doesn't have to worry about getting sunburned again, which <laughs> I do kind of wish we had the video this week. Yeah, right. You can see me looking very pink today. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it is playoff week. It's uh, yeah, everyone's basically in playoff mode except season. for baseball. But yep. they're gonna be getting there pretty soon. Uh, excuse me, lacrosse hasn't started yet either. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but anyway, so since Ryan is very uh, on top of things for what's been going on, I'll let you kind of talk about what's uh, been your biggest takeaway so far from your community this week. Well, I think probably the best place to kick it off would be boys golf because all three of us were represented at the uh, Oregon Regional uh, over at the Legend of Bergamont. And um, obviously, DeForest comes out in first place by yeah. a mile with a 304 team score. Just they had the second and third guy in that mm. in the regional, I believe, which just crushed it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the second place team is Sun Prairie West, which you know this definitely came as a surprise to me because as we talked about the week prior, Sun Prairie West finished bottom of the barrel in the Big Eight conference meet mm. with an eighth place finish, and Sun Prairie East tied for fifth. And they pretty much reverse it here when Sun Prairie West gets a second-place finish with a 327. And East fails to qualify as a team. Hmm. Uh, they only finished five strokes behind uh, La Follette, who, who grabbed that last team spot. Uh, East with a 335, La Follette with a 330. But, you know, vindication for Sun Prairie East. They had the regional champion individually. Uh, Tyler Schick with the only score underneath a 70 on the day with a 68. Uh, he was a state participant as a sophomore. I've talked about him a couple times on this podcast. Uh, he didn't go last year, but he seems pretty primed to uh, nab another spot at the state finals after a great showing there. And um, East will also be sending uh, senior Aiden O'Gara. Uh, he, he grabbed the third individual qualification sco- uh, spot with an 81, tied him for 12th. But, you know, Sun Prairie West gets to send all their guys. Uh, Otto mm-hmm. Meyer, who's really came on strong uh, recently for them, only a sophomore, shoots an 80 and ties for 7th. Uh, Ethan Ellison with an 81, Gabe Rowe with an 82, and Alex Orline with an 84. I mean, all finishing in succession. Great showing by the Wolves. And so they, they continue on to um, – they'll, they'll be playing at the Oaks. Was that Oak Ridge? Oak Ridge. There it is. Oak yeah, Ridge. down in Milton. The uh, finest golf course in Milton. It's also the only <laughs> golf course in Milton. But it's, it's an all right golf course. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. it. It does its job for a public golf course. Yeah, and Minota Grove will be down there, too. They got uh, third as a team with that 329 score, and so everybody keeps on moving mm-hmm. out, outside of uh, Sun Prairie East, obviously, for me. But uh, uh, it good way to kind of get us into the podcast with all three, all, <laughs> some of our teams represented there. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, Minota Grove, third-place finish. Uh, probably, like, the biggest takeaway for me was uh, Tyson Turner had a really solid round. Him and uh, Sean Clark both tied with uh, an 80 for seventh overall. Um Junior Ryan Conley had an 84, which was 18th, and Noah Fredrickson tied for 20th with an 85. Uh, so solid rounds for them. They've always kind of, as a program, past couple years, they've always been able to advance to the sectionals as a team. Uh, so really no surprise there. But, I mean, it's still it's still a tough uh, sectional or regional to get out of when you have the forest in there as yeah. well, too, the yeah. Sun Prairie schools. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the case with McFarland, but McFarland gets an individual qualifier in Brody Pagels. So, yeah, McFarland, past couple of years, they've been able to kind of send an individual qualifier here and there. Was not expecting it to be Pagels, though, because, like like you said, uh, with a couple of some Prairie kids that have kind of come on at the end, uh, you know, they've had some real strong finishers. Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe it'd be, like, a Tate Eccles uh, or, you know, Ryan Ertel, who's been at sectionals before. Uh, but, yeah, a solid round for Pagels. Uh, he had one birdie, but just a bunch of pars and a bunch of bogeys. Like, no... Uh, Big blunders. Yep. He, he avoided the really bad round. We've joked about, you know, <laughs> golfing before on this spot, like, before coming yeah. on. Like, if you could stay away from the bad stuff, like, and just have a pretty solid round, keep that momentum up, like, that's normally a pretty good sign. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, good to see uh, 
Pagels represent the McFarland boys golf program. It's mm-hmm. a solid year for the Spartans. They kind of came on at the end of the year. And it'll be real interesting when a uh, conference realignment moves them all. Uh, what will kind of happen in the Badger small, you know, I don't know too many te- golf teams in that uh, region, but with being in the Rock Valley, they're kind of roadblocked by Edgerton being in that top spot because they've mm. just been a state perennial powerhouse for so many years. So I think this will be one time where it's like moving to the Badger small will probably help them out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely a strong showing uh, for the Spartans to end the year. And yeah, Silver Eagles, you know, it just it, it, one of those guys, like all the guys I've mentioned, like can all have solid rounds. Like mm-hmm. they're all like really solid golfers. Uh, you never know who's going to get hot there. So it's just mm-hmm. one of the things I'm keeping an eye on. And also, two boys have fun uh, on that back nine at Oak Ridge when you kind of <laughs> get near the end of the round and you're starting to get a little bit tired. Because I believe it's hole 14, you have to go uphill on one, which is just brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, going uphill when you can't see a hole. And then also, too, I believe the Bob Stair Memorial hole 15, I believe it is. Par 5 trees to the left but you have to slice it to the right but then also too there's more trees and a pond as well too so so if anyone needs a caddy cal will be available and he will come help you also do not want me as a caddy because i'd be like all right should i use a three or a four iron here it's just i just crush it use your wood who cares if there if there's not a claw's mouth to try to get it into it it's not a real golf course (laughs) 100 uh Shout out to mini golf. So, so, so anyway, Peter, did you want to? I know we've talked about the forest golf a lot. You can totally yeah. mention it if you want, or if not, we can move on to something. Yeah, else. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably talk about the forest uh, golf at some point, but uh, I know Wanakee Golf's uh, been really good too, a Badger Conference champs. Um, Casey Nickel was named player of the year, so uh, he's been really outstanding this year, and they've you know gotten really great contributions from everybody on that team, just like DeForest has. Really, those two teams have been really fighting amongst themselves. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how far both of them go because DeForest surprised everybody by going to state last year. And Wanakee looked like a, they were a shoe-in to go to state, and then they didn't make it. So they might have a chip on their shoulder for this postseason. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about, uh, I'm a little bit behind, um, just kind of the way Wanaki track and field goes. I, I'm a little bit behind with everything with them, but, uh, they had a clean sweep, uh, of the, uh, Badger East championships. And I wanted to mention that it was way back on, uh, May 16th. Uh, but, uh, the warrior girls racked up 192 points and the boys racked up, uh, 155 points to top the field. Um, Andrew, uh, Renier, uh, led the war- warrior boys, of course, uh, winning four events. He won the 200 meter dash, uh, with teammate, uh, Jake Bova finishing fourth. You might recognize that name from football and basketball, a really mm-hmm. good defensive back. Um, good guard in basketball. Uh, Renier, of course, in his specialty event, also took first in the 400, uh, racing to a time of 49.51. Uh, and Bova took second in that uh, event. So uh, he's really helping them, you know, pad those point totals. Um, and then Regner also won the 300 hurdles, which uh, I, I'm i not sure if that's a new event for him this year. Uh, I'm trying to think back. But uh, it seems like he's maybe trying to expand his repertoire a little bit as he prepares to go off to college. Maybe he's going to try, you know, the one of those bigger events, you know, uh, where you got a you know multiple events. Well, we'll see. Um, but uh, he also finished first in the triple jump where he went uh, 44, 10 and a half. 
Um, Wanakee, uh, yeah, uh, Wanakee's really, though, um, on both sides, boys and the girls, um, and this is something I haven't really touched on, but uh, they've really been strong in the throws um, this year uh, at conference. Um, let's see, uh, Will Lenock uh, took first in the shot put, uh, going 49-11, but then his teammate Ian Phoebus uh, finished second going 46 uh, 10 and three quarters but he phoebus won the discus uh with the throw of 142 11 um so uh, a lot of really good stuff there for the uh, wanaki uh, boys and the throws and then isaiah jekyll uh um won the uh oh what did he win i didn't write that down um, I think it was the 800. But uh, and then there was a fourth place uh, in the pole vault. Um, but on the girls' side, Annika Castle was a double winner um, in the throws um, for Wanakee. She won uh, the discus with a going 133.6, and then the shot put going 38.1.5. And uh, that team also, uh, they won the 3200 relay. Uh, Summer Grigg almost won the 100-yard dash, um, just a tenth of a second off. Um, she also finished fourth in the 200. Um, and the, then, uh, but the big point producer, as usual for Wanaki, was Kyla Sala. Um, she took first in the high jump, going 5-2. Um, she was second in the long jump, going 17-1 and a quarter. And then uh, she finished third in both the hurdle events. So, um, you know, her, her and uh, Andrew are, are, you know, really the big stars of uh, Wanaki track the last couple of years. And uh, look like they're going to make some noise in the postseason this year. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. I guess also, too, for me, I want to at least touch on tennis as well, too. It's one of the things I don't think I've been able to touch on a whole lot this year. Uh, but strong showing for the Silver Eagles at conference and then uh, sec subsectionals as well, too. They have three qualifiers going to sectionals, which I believe is today, uh, if I remember correctly, which would be Thursday. Uh, so John Rath uh, Gerber at, uh, uh, at number three singles, he was third in conference. Uh, he had a he swept Caleb fast and also won seven six, uh, three in a tiebreaker and six two against James uh, Weather of Watertown and then also Tate Thomas, uh, who won conference at number four singles is also going to uh, sectionals and AJ Nelson and Bodie Croyle also qualified at number one doubles. Uh, AJ Nelson and Bodie uh, are kind of like two of the more experienced uh, tennis players from the team last year. Uh, Tate Thomas is kind. of the newcomer it seems like at least for me and he's had a really solid year and has come on as of late so strong showing for the boys tennis team uh and just again something i'm keeping my eye on uh to see if any of those individual qualifiers can make it to state i have no idea you know obviously how state qualifications will work in tennis so i'm just gonna see who's who's all in the listings and then be like all right these are all the people that are going because i got surprised last year when like monona grove had like three special qualifiers i was like all right sounds good yeah so, yeah, and then also McFarland had their season wrap-up at subsectionals, kind of like golf where it's just one of those things that's such a tough se uh, sectional for them being lumped in with all the Dane County schools. But solid year at conference for them as well, too, because all their singles players got number uh, finished second, and then all the boys' uh, doubles team finished fifth. So it was like they lost their first-round match, but then like won like the consolation match or whatnot really easy to write about for me because it was like yeah they got second or fifth uh but yeah solid year uh for the spartans there and yeah so again will be interesting to see what happens when they move to the badger small because east troy a very strong power i've noticed in the rock valley so we'll have to see 
uh, what happens uh, when all the Badger Small stuff happens. Yeah. And if you're wondering, hmm, Cal, are you going to be writing a, a possible preview about some of these Badger Small Conference matchups in the summer? <laughs> yes, I am, because I am excited about some of the potential, you know, stuff that's going to be happening. So keep an eye out for the paper and the online version of that stuff. So should be pretty solid. Also, too, I want to give a little shout-out. Cambridge Boys Golf. Uh, it's no secret that they are one of the top teams in the Division Three state. Nope. Uh, they won their regional by over 50 strokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. yeah. Top three All-Blue Jays. Uh, Ian Bistol Flores has been excellent. Like, he won medalist honors again this week. Uh, I think he did the same thing at the conference uh, tournament as well, too. But, yeah. Uh, Kean had a really solid round. He started off the round with, like, I think a double bogey or something mm. on one, but then just absolutely just lit up the course. And then mm. uh, Nick Buckman was two. Cade Nottis, that I believe, was three. You know, those guys are so interchangeable. And then Matt Buckman with uh, eighth. And Andrew Smith even was, like, top 15. So just, yeah, Blue Jays dominated, and they'll probably continue that success at sectionals mm. as well, too. Not a betting man, but I would feel pretty <laughs> confident about it. So, yeah. Ryan, I'll let you kind of talk, though, about your smaller schools, though. Or you could talk about Sun Prairie, so like, or Sun Prairie, because we have mentioned before that this is a podcast about the important stuff that happened this week. Let's, let's just talk about the opening round of softball as a whole for me, because that'll cover a little bit of Sun Prairie, a little bit of uh, a little bit of the smaller schools, and I was at two of these three games. So, no no better uh, expertise, expertise point than that. But um, we'll start with Waterloo, which... You know, I don't know who I need to go have a conversation with or potentially yell at about getting Waterloo softball properly ranked in this in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were an undefeated conference champion, and they were a three seed. This year, they only lost to the defend to the actual conference champion, and they ended up a four seed. They, but, they also lost to Cambridge. Oh yeah, they dropped one to Cambridge, mm-hmm. so they only lost three games in conference play. They beat Deerfield by eight in the regular season. Waterloo's a four seed. Deerfield's a two seed. Make it make sense mm. to me. And Deerfield was, you know, second in their conference, and they beat up on all the trash at the bottom Deer- of that conference. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Deerfield is very solid, I will have you know, and I am fine with them being ranked as a second seed. A two seed is Oof. bananas. Over Waterloo? Who beat them by eight? Deerfield beat Cambridge. Okay, so to Waterloo. Waterloo lost to Cambridge. Yeah, they split with Cambridge. It's not my problem. Sweet <laughs> Cambridge then. Deerfield did its job. Anyway, playing great at the end of the year. Anyway, I will say though, having to face Horicon is tough. Yeah, exactly. In the <laughs> that's what makes these. Ohio. That's what make this really makes this really matter. Is it was to avoid playing Horicon in the second round. But um, Warlo- I'm gonna have to separate you two. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, it's like obviously I don't want anybody you know from the friendly area of Deerfield to be like, yeah, you guys were ripping on the softball team being ranked second. It's like, I thought they were ranked. I, honestly, Random Lake should have been the fourth seed. Yeah, Waterloo, there we like go. Deerfield and Waterloo should have faced each other. Yeah. Winner I agree with wins that. regionals. Yeah. Winner takes on a workout. Yeah, sorry. That wasn't to be anti-Deerfield in any yeah. Love all you folks out there, <laughs> like your family to me. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard not to raise questions because it's happened two years in a row. That's the only reason I'm really upset about That's it. That's Because, like, Waterloo should have been like at least a two seed last season, and like they kind of paid for it because of it, and it feels like history is repeating itself there. Mm, yeah. But mm. any hoozle, uh, they really showed off some fireworks uh, in their first round game against Randolph, a five seed. You know, they had beaten them in a non conference uh, like triangular just like a couple weeks prior. But you know, Randolph brought their A game for the first you know more than half of the game, and they were up two zero through four and a half innings. Uh, but you know, senior Ava Jenke put on her superhero cape and 
won that game for him. So Waterloo erases the deficit uh, in the fifth inning. But prior to that, the bases were loaded for Janky, who's their you know their leadoff, their you know probably the best bat on the team, and um, two outs on the board, bases loaded, and she pops out. And so you're like, oh. and at that point, Randolph's still up 2-0, so you're like. Yeah, I'm gonna have to write this story about Waterloo <laughs> and how they, you know, they, they got this tough loss in the first round, but then they erase it in the fifth inning, and then Janky comes back up with another chance in the in the bottom of the sixth, and she, of course, she smokes this uh, double up the right field side, scores a run, the the go ahead run, and um, she comes on to score herself on an error uh, in the next at bat, and so Waterloo's up four two, heading to the top of the seventh, looking to put it away. Runner on first for uh, Randolph, and there's this. There, uh, Randolph pops his blooper into short uh, left field, uh, except for the fact that Janky goes full extension, snags it out of the air, and obviously the runner on first wasn't <laughs> expecting her to catch it either. Fires it over, double play, game over. I Ooh. mean, you don't you don't get more storybook than that. How <laughs> she had a chance to win the game for her team, didn't do it, redeemed herself, yeah. and then ended the game on defense. Just. You know, that story really wrote itself, just, you know, the heroics of Janky in that one. And so, as we alluded to, now they get to go play top seed Horicon, who didn't lose in conference this year and is, mm. you know, one of the best overall softball teams in the state, regardless of division. So, it's got Lizzie Gibbs on the in the circle. Yeah, so uh, th- that'll certainly be a challenge, but they, you know, they, they got their per- their postseason fireworks out of it in the first round, at least. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of fireworks, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but Marshall uh, beat up on Cambridge pretty good in that first round game. Uh, ten runs in the first, seven more in the second to win seventeen to three. Cal was there. Um, you know, briefly. I talked. Yeah, briefly. <laughs> uh, I talk so much about the seniors on this team, but you know, the infusion of youth really has been a was a difference in this one and deserved to be. You know, have have that attention brought to them. A sophomore catcher Sidney Stunneback is the four four batter in the order. Like, out of all those seniors, they trust her most to be, you know, go get those RBIs, and she had four in this game. She had two doubles. And then freshman Kennedy Weissensell is their ace in the on the in the in pitching circle. She had seven Ks in that game, and, you know, they she's kind of been their secret weapon all season. They've kind of opted not to use her as much as, as, much as you know, throughout the regular season just to preserve the arm. She's only a freshman. But yeah, she'll certainly be throwing in uh, that game against Poinette tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Two seed versus three seed. It's going to be Poinette got the best of them pretty convincingly the yeah. first time around in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So be interesting to see what game plan switches happen. What uh, yeah. if anything of you know how to pitch to them, how to try to bat against them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Peter. You know you can. Keep talking about it. Or yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with softball. Um, I, I point at it. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. They, you know, 15 run mercy rule over Clinton. I mean, they just rolled. Uh, Holly Lowenberg struck out seven, got strikeouts on seven of the nine outs. Yep, <laughs> ended in three. Sounds about right. <laughs> Loud, no hits, no walks. Um, so there's not much to talk about. You know, they're they're heading into the game with Marshall on a high, you know, yep. maybe got a little bit of confidence back after a couple of late season losses. A um, couple other teams uh, talking about with softball. I wanted to hit on Lodi a little bit. Um, they were edged by Columbus 
in the regional opener, so their season ends. But there's a lot of good to take away for them this year. You know, they they struggled mightily last year mm-hmm. and uh, changed coaches. Corey Stark took over. Um, and Bailey Stark, uh, as a freshman, um, emerged as a really strong pitcher for them uh, as kind of the season went on, and, and a good hitter too. And, and then, you know, they had two uh, freshman pitchers who were freshmen last year, who were sophomores this year, Vivian Bell and Natalie Hellenbrand. Uh, so they got experience. And then uh, Rowan uh, Scarda also came on strong as a, as a hitter and a pitcher for Lodi. Uh, the one loss they're going to have, though, is Mackenzie Christofferson, a senior mentor to this team. She's going to play uh, college um, softball at Marion. Um, she led the team this year with 22 hits. Uh, Hellenbrand and Stark led the team in RBIs with 10 each. You know, they finished 500. So, uh, you know, good, good season, year. yeah, after last year. So uh, um, Wanakee uh, ended up losing. It's been a tough year for first-year uh, head coach Tyler Davis, 6-8 uh, and eight in the Badger East, 7-13 and 13 overall. Another team that showed a lot of improvement, though, this year was DeForest. Um, they had a really rough year last year. Um, I can't remember the record, but I – just a few wins, a handful of wins. Um, they finished, uh, uh, well, they've, uh, they're at 11 and 13 overall and moved on uh, regional play uh, after beating Lacrosse Central 10 to nothing. Um, Tristan Schroeder's been kind of their main pitcher, and at the plate, uh, Hallie Melter, uh, Melter has been the, the big bat. Uh, she had four hits in that game and two RBIs, and Schroeder's been a good hitter. Peyton Steffen uh, had a couple hits in that game. Uh, Reagan Smith had a couple RBIs, and Allison Parmenter has been a good hitter too for them this year. So, uh, you know, lots of uh, interesting stuff kind of going on with softball. I did want to touch on Lodi baseball, though. They uh, kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say emerged out of nowhere, but they really turned it on late in the season and won the Capital North title, um, getting, you know, a big win over, uh, I believe it was Lake Mills. Um, but uh, recently they swept a home and away series with uh, rival Poinette, outscoring them 33-5. to um, <laughs> Tough, tough year for uh, Point at baseball, but uh, talking to uh, Point at coach uh, Davey uh, Tomlinson, uh, he he had some interesting things to say about uh, Lodi uh, when I went up and covered their game on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Keegan Fleischman threw a no hitter against uh, Point at, and then they've also Lodi also has Owen uh, Bruinig, uh, and uh, both of those pitchers he says they throw in the eighties. And he thinks they can make some real noise in Division Two, even though they're up against a tough field. Mm-hmm. But it, it was interesting because he was talking about Keegan Fleischman's game, and he he said he threw nothing but fastballs after the first. <laughs> 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 so kind of an interesting thing there. But uh, they've had a great season, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they can get in the postseason. Yeah, um, and then also I guess speaking of like you know winning the Capital. Uh, the- Three-way tie ends up happening in the Capital South between between Marshall, Cambridge, and New Glarus. So uh, Marshall had swept swept Cambridge uh, by, I believe, uh, both games were decided by by a run. One run in both games. Yeah. So when I talked with Coach Larry Martin for uh, for Cambridge, uh, he had said, like, we knew the Capital South was going to be tough this year. There were no mercy rule games. Everyone played each <laughs> other like pretty hard. Wow! And then also, even in the uh, games where it was like where they faced Nucleus, Cambridge, uh, and Marshall, like all faced each other. I believe they were all decided by one run, except for Cambridge's win on Friday night, which decided the capital. Uh, 
was by two runs, but that was in the seventh inning. Kiefer Parrish hit an RBI single, and then also they knocked in another run as well, too. So, yeah, a three-way tie. Just just a Because it's like you only have, what, I think six teams. A six-team conference. Capital South. And that's what I kind of <laughs> like where it's like part of me likes, you know, having the conference championship games, but also, like, the, where you don't have it and you're just having these races where it's like it's coming yep. down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of like just having, like, the, yeah. you know, you got to beat them in the regular season. And then, like, the postseason happens. But, yeah. And just, like, we kind of talked about a little bit. Marshall kind of came out of nowhere, you know, beat uh, or, like, split New Glarus, played their best against Cambridge, and the chips fall, and everybody's a winner. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) No one can be upset. Like, you all clinched the share of the capital stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to be outright champions. But also, uh, who's your remaining uh, softball teams you have? I have McFarland and Deerfield still left in it, which is no surprise. They're both pretty solid. Uh, yep. but, yeah, uh, I got everybody uh, oh, on top of Marshall and Waterloo. Yeah, okay. East was a one seed in uh, division in, in division one and uh, got a first round bye. They'll be facing DeForest. Yep. Uh, and then Sun Prairie West was the team that knocked out Wanakee, which Peter touched on. Uh, real quick, just Isabel Royal, eleven Ks, didn't let up the first hit until the fifth inning, and that was the only hit. Uh, she recently got named second team All Conference, which was uh, <laughs> I definitely. I feel like you're going to have to be talking to a lot of people. You want, like, <laughs> rankings, uh, seating, and also all conferences as well. Yeah, I know. I have a lot of conversations to have. But it makes sense because uh, Madison Memorial had the player of the year in the pitching circle, and then Taylor Baker filled that other first-team all-conference position at pitcher. So, like, it makes sense, but also, like, man, Isabel Royal had a great year in the pitching circle. I just, you know, I wish they would have just made an honorary third position in first-team for her because mm. she really dominated this season. Uh, just – you know, lost the, the two games against Taylor Baker, so I'm sure that was, you know, what made that decision easy for him. But uh, West will be up against the number two seed Toma in the next round, so uh, Wolves looking to keep it running. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably next week's episode we'll probably touch a little bit more on track. I know, Peter, you got yep. to talk about Wanakee this mm, week. But bajillion like, athletes. You have a on. lot. Yeah. McFarland girls and Deerfield girls won their regionals, respectively, so. We're hey, gonna go wait read till our stuff. Go read yeah, our yeah, read stuff right. online. Go yeah. read that stuff up online. And uh, if you call me, I'll read it to you myself. It'll be like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens in sectionals. I'm sure there's probably gonna be a bunch of kids from our area that you just have to Venmo me ten dollars well. and I'll do it. <laughs> Hey. Don't suggest that to the higher ups, or that may become a, mon- a money making oh, stream for us. I would pocket every <laughs> cent of that. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you.